Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And joining us this week, we have, from a number of previous episodes, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me again. Hey, thanks for joining us. And also from a number of previous episodes, Michael. Hey, but significantly fewer podcasts. I mean, I don't know about significantly, but definitely you're falling behind. You got to get back on that. I got to pump those numbers. He's a rookie numbers kid. <laughs> Very disappointed. Uh, and this week, we are going to be talking about 2015's huge hit, Undertale. This is a, a, a pretty huge episode for us. Um, the Undertale was developed by Toby Fox, and I believe Temi Chang did a lot of the sprite work for it as well. Uh, released back in September 15th of 2015. You can get it for about $10 now, and I know it is on PC and Switch. I'm not sure. Duncan, do you know if it's on any other platforms or just PC and Switch right now? Uh, it's on PS4 as well. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, if you have not played the game before, that's where you would go to check it out. Um, just up top, highly recommend it. Again, this is, I think Duncan has mentioned, being ready to do this episode for literal years yeah, at this point. So I've been asking. I've been asking for it. And if you, like, if you're someone that was born in the underground, get it? Like, born under a rock or been living under a rock? You don't know what Undertale is? Can we get a clean take on that? Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> if you've been living... <laughs> what is happening? Jesus. With the worst if you've been... <laughs> I wrote this down. One more. One more. Clean take. Clean take. Clean take. I wrote it. This is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on that joke for four years. <laughs> I practiced this line for four years and it didn't land. If you oh my god! Like, if if you if you're where the monsters are in the underground, you don't know about this. Game. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but um, Undertale is like a top-down oh. RPG game where you, as a, a, a young child, have fallen to the underground where all of the monsters of the world live after a war that they have been sort of banished off into a mountain. But, like, the core of the game is, like, turn-based sort of RPG mechanics, but they definitely flip it uh, on its head with, um, you know, with whether you want to kill the mob or the boss or spare it and make friends with it. Um, the game's, like... Uh, depending on what you want to do with it, it can range from anywhere from, like, five or six to, you know, 12 plus hours. Um, there's a lot of different endings, a lot of different interesting things that, uh, the game does. So that's what you're looking at in a more broad scope here. So from this point forward, we're going to be discussing the game in detail and going through spoilers. Um, this is sort of a podcast that's intended for people who have already played the game. Uh, So if you haven't, either watch one of the many, many, many YouTube videos explaining the story or the game itself. Or if you need a recap, there are plenty of those videos out there as well. But we're just going to go at it from a complete spoil perspective and if you haven't played a lot of these conversations may not make sense just up front but feel free to listen if you'd like i want to get everyone sort of core feelings and what they took away from the game like you know whether you felt positively or negatively about it yeah i'll do it thank you thank you sure so uh, i'll just say that when i started playing this game i initially went into it you know with the knowledge uh that there were different routes, you know, like there are different ways to play the game. And obviously I knew going in that I wanted to do a pacifist run. So I wanted to go through the whole game without killing anything, which might've, uh, 
it definitely changed my perspective on everything because I was just like, okay, I'm not going to have any kind of free choice here in the beginning. I'm just going to not kill everything. I'm going to see how it works out because apparently that's the way everybody says you get the best ending kind of thing. And I remember thinking when I first started playing that this game might not be that great. <laughs> this game sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember just like in the beginning thinking, wow, this is just feels like I'm not even, I don't know. I, I just wasn't invested at all. I didn't really enjoy any of the things that were going on. Like even the humor wasn't like falling on me very well. Maybe it's because, uh, you know, I didn't know any of the characters. I didn't know the universe at all. And that's like part of where, Maybe not part of, but where like most of the joy comes from the Undertale series, I think. Not series, the Undertale game. It's just a game. Um, but I didn't understand everything that was going on, and that kind of made me not enjoy it as much. But I will say, you know, midway and further into the game, learning characters, learning about what's going on and everything, this game really turned around for me. Really, I really started to enjoy it a lot. Um. I'm not going to put it on my top 10 list or anything, but I mean, it's, it, well, not, okay. It might be on the top 10, but it's not going to be on top five. I'll say that much, but it's a really good game. And I, you, I think you streamed the whole thing, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I streamed the entire thing. The entire <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about what time, like, that turned around for you? I'm just curious, like, if you remember a specific point during the game or the story where you're like, oh, yeah, like, once this happened, I started to like it a lot. I guess, you know, the first moment that comes to mind, you know, actually even right before this, I was thinking about Undyne a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And because my mind, it was kind of said for a long time, like, yeah, Papyrus might be my favorite character. But thinking about that more, like literally just right before this, Undyne might be my favorite character because at the point where you fight, like there's this long buildup, like you're going to fight Undyne, like who is this crazy, you know, suit of armor. Um, and then you end up fighting Undyne and you the suit of armor comes off and you get all this character development and that's where like the richness and like the goodness of this story comes out. Like where characters change, all these characters change, I think pretty greatly over the course of this story. Hmm. And I think that's where like it really changed for me. I'm like, you know what? So this it was is just, really cool. I want to keep playing this. It was just the more like the tutorial zone and Snowden that didn't like exactly click for you as much. Cause I remember I watched mm, most of your stream towards the beginning and end and towards the end after you uh, took like one crack at the final boss or, you know, like you learned a little bit more about the nature of the fourth wall breaking stuff. You're like, this is now like a really good game to me. Whereas before I wasn't really enjoying it too. So I think yeah. maybe it was like a level yeah. of, of enjoyment. Like that's something you liked and then coming back through it. Yeah, and then thinking like over it again as I, as I as I learned more stuff in the future. You know, you are right. Like I, I think I was still like thinking even way towards the end of the game. Like, eh, maybe it's okay, whatever. Yeah. But then after the end, and then thinking back to all the changes that happened before the end, I think my you know uh, mindset just changed entirely. Honestly. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Michael, what about you? Yeah. Where do, where do you land on all that? So I mean, it, it's. I agree with a lot of what uh, Josh has said here. Um, I think, so my experience with this was, um, I think like two or three years ago, Duncan tried to talk me into playing it, and I played for maybe 30 minutes. I got to uh, the first like mini-boss fight, Toriel, and then I think I beat it, and then I just stopped playing, because it didn't get its 
hooks in me at all. Mm-hmm. And then you asked me to play it for the podcast. I'm like, okay, fine. Now I'll go through it. And uh, the hooks really got into me earlier than it did for Josh because I think it was Snowden and, you know, Papyrus and Sands that really, you know, uh, really interest me with, with the character development and just how, like, goofy they were. It's not where I thought this game was going, especially because Toriel kind of sets a, uh, a different tone. Um, but when it, once it got, like, sillier, once it got, like, friendlier, once it got more colorful, once there's, you know, depths to, like, the Snowden town and a lot more to explore, that's when I... Uh, really kind of fell for the game and then and then once I started there I didn't stop playing until I finished the game I didn't get distracted by uh, other games very much or I, I, I found myself thinking about it a lot more um, and just kind of thinking about like some of these characters and another thing I'm going to echo for Josh here is Undyne was also probably my favorite NPC character um, and I remember because I, I talked to Alex about this I think like yesterday like briefly and you seemed a little surprised that undyne was my favorite um but i think one of the themes for a character is like she shows up all armored and hard and everything but slowly that armor comes off and then you see her more vulnerable side you know like cooking for papyrus or relationship with alphys like all of this stuff was just so cute and disarming and really She's charming more Sundari than Sundari playing. yeah <laughs> yes honestly <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> that was good. Uh, so yeah, that was that was pretty much my experience with that. I also did a true pacifist run to start because I heard that's kind of what you do what you for do. The, like the good ending. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about this later, but I'm glad that I learned about the pacifist run first because I think it frames the story a little bit better to start with. That um, I think. Yeah, but. we'll we'll get into like the not only like the endings themselves, but the like reasoning behind choosing it. And like a lot of people are like, no, absolutely play it blind. And you know, other people are like, this is exactly how you should play it. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's something I want to get into after we we do our round robin feels. Yeah, I definitely want to know your guys' opinion because oh, yeah. you two both played it blind back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But it sounds like overall you you walked away from it really positively, Michael. Yeah, I really liked the characters. They got under my skin in a great way over time, um, and that's something I really appreciated about this game. And I didn't expect that because it's this weird pixelated two D kind of silly for the sake of silly at times. But um, I didn't expect you know any attachment for these characters to develop, but they certainly did. Uh, so yeah, I walked away from this very positively and i'm glad duncan made me play it (laughs) good alex yeah uh, i you know without echoing too much of what um josh and michael have already said i I did really enjoy the game um my experience was a little bit different because like josh said um, i did play it blind back in 2015 when it initially came out um but unlike duncan i did the neutral route and then said ah good the end of the game and then didn't play it ever again (laughs) um i looked up some stuff on the wiki to be like oh there's other stuff but like yeah it's you know i didn't get the extra cutscene now the big deal (laughs) um so then going back to it this time um i found that i i still enjoyed the game quite a bit um i i think the humor worked for me the same way that it did originally um i you know we'll maybe talk about this a little more later on but i found that there were different parts that worked for me um, and 
that I hadn't, like they didn't work for me as well the first time. And some of the parts that worked for me really well the first time through did not work for me as well the second time through, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but I, you know, I, I would have said previously that I really liked Undertale. I think it was a, you know, a good and a fun game. And I think it does a lot of interesting things. But now going back and having completed the like actual pacifist route and the actual genocide route, um, I think I, I walked away from the game being much more impressed at what it did. You know, I think we talk about like the, the character arcs and the emotionality of the story intermixed with the, the humor. And I think that's all like really, really well done. Um, and, and I'm excited to talk about a lot of that. But I, I think the thing that I walk away from the most is just impressed at what this game is able to accomplish in the package that it is and, mm-hmm. and how much it continually nails these weird like meta things that it goes for and the weird like nature of how the game responds to your actions. All of that um, just ended up being like really, really cool the the second time around, especially like, you know, I, I think there is some of the magic is gone because I understood all of these things, but I think that was replaced with like um almost a like, an like appreciation in a way. Yeah, like an a pre- like a curiosity, like a, almost like a scientific curiosity the second time through is less of like, okay, like what is going on and more of like, okay, like now I understand, I can see some of the inner workings and like it's all really fascinating the way that they're doing all of these things and the things that the game decides to track that you would not imagine it tracks beyond what it initially tells you it's doing, right? And I think that all that all ended up making it a, a really good experience. Definitely playing it a second time made me appreciate the game quite a bit more than I did the first time. Um, and I already really liked it, so that's that's kind of huge praise for it. Yeah, um... It's all right. <laughs> uh, um, and on uh, September 5th of 2016, I sat down to play oh, Undertale. No. <laughs> um, so I, as as we mentioned up in front, this is probably my favorite game. I don't think it's the best game by any means. I think mm-hmm. it has a lot of flaws. It has... A lot of it has some issues with things, but it just hit me at the right time in the right place. I <clears throat> I was just not having a good time. You may say that I was having a bad oh, time. No. <laughs> oh no! Oh boy! In in my life, and uh, it just it, it was a game that was on its surface so easily digestible in like a way where it's just simple in its mechanics. It's funny. Um, the characters are really endearing, as we've mentioned before, and it, I think it's just a, a solid experience that I needed at that time. And then when I ended up getting through it for through the first run, and again, I was like completely blind where I'd only seen like the first level and just not known what was past that or even really what it was. I just took it as like kind of a goofy earthbound looking RPG. And when I got towards the end and I, you know, I got the neutral route because I killed stuff and I didn't kill things. And I saw how the game, like, discussed those characters that were or weren't there. And I and I thought, to, like, this is not something new. Like, you know, characters mm-hmm. react to other characters being there or not there sometimes. But there was something about it that was sort of somber that made me feel like there's definitely more here. And, you know, there is a lot of messaging after to, to tell you to go back around. So I got really obsessive, like really obsessive with just like going back and, you know, not killing anything, learning more. Um, and once I learned about that, I, 
I just wanted to read more about it. It's it's this really for me it's just this really well packaged game that has really good comedic timing. It has familiar gameplay and the whole like all of the meta narrative stuff is just like so up my alley that like they care and they think he thinks about saving and reloading and like what that means in the context of the world but it's never so specifically like straight cut where it's like this is exactly how it works everything is left with like a thin veil of a mystery where it's like well what what's the relationship between the fallen child and the character that you're playing and like thinking about that and how that works you can think of a you know many many different things and like you know some things are really clear stated some things aren't and i feel like stories that walk the line of being really clear about what they want to say and um also having some vague mysteries are just some of my favorite ones so this just game just hit me in the right place at the right time and i will probably never forget it damn powerful stuff Powerful yes, stuff beautiful. from Duncan. <laughs> Slow clap. Like, I want to start clapping. <laughs> oh, man. Don't, so, don't in summation, this concludes my three-page essay. Was it really that preachy? <laughs> I was hoping it was... No, no, no. It, no, was, no, no, it wasn't preachy. No. It, was just, it was good. It was, it yeah. was heartfelt. It was really well you, prepared. Yeah, you conveyed your thoughts really well, and I, it was, it was, okay, it was good to you. listen to. I hope I hope that, that, that surmised it. All right, so... Let's, uh, let's have a little bit of fun here, you know? We've been, we've been kind of just talking about all this serious shit who's your favorite character just straight up down i know you you both said who your favorite npc was was undyne back there do you stick with that do you have any other characters that are your favorites what's what's the deal after you mm. uh well i mean uh, i mean i like most of the characters honestly um I, I think i am gonna stick with undyne just because the overall overall arc changed for her a lot mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. if i had to ca- pick a character i identified with most mm. it'd be alphys i was gonna say isn't alphys your wife alphys is the character I... that you hate that you relate to you know what i mean like <laughs> i hate that i'm like yeah i do that sometimes i have that social anxiety i've done that one yeah. before <laughs> alphys like that. should i text should i text no okay no okay uh <laughs> i'm gonna go watch anime okay bye. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I like those two characters a lot. I mean, but there, I don't think there's a character I really hated in the game. I mean, I sure. hated Sans in the end, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, <you laughs> unrelated know, reasons, though. Yeah, unrelated reasons, but uh, I liked a lot of them. Sure. Alex? I I don't... I struggle. I think you can make a really strong argument for Undyne. I think I would probably, you know... Gun to my head, I probably lean towards Papyrus, because I think Papyrus is maybe, like, the character that I had the most fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like, in my heart of hearts, I, my favorite character might be Napstabluke, the ghost <laughs> that's just, like, depressed <laughs> all yes. the time and always feels like garbage. Like, he's, every time he was on screen was, like, my favorite moment in the last hour. It was so good. So, like, that's that's honestly probably where I lean, but I think the argument is stronger for someone like Papyrus or, or Undyne, but I just, I love that ghost that likes to lie down and feel too. like garbage. <laughs> Literally, you just walk up and just lay in there, you're just like, what are you doing? I'm just laying in here. <laughs> <laughs> Saying the word Z out loud over and over again to pretend to be sleeping. It's so good. It's so good. Makes a hat out of tears. We love him. Oh, we love, love Nabstabluke in this house. Michael, did you, did you stick with Undyne? Um, no, I think I'm going to go for the rock with the mustache on it. Oh, it's so uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Great yeah. character. Yeah, that's a real solid pick. You kind of took mine, so I'm going to have to think of something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, for real, I think I'm sticking with, with Undyne. Uh, all the characters had something that I liked with them, but uh, Undyne, you know, I did not like at first, and then I really came to enjoy. Um, yeah. Because it wasn't so much like she got vulnerable or anything. Like, she didn't... It, it was more of a, no, I'm just a really passionate person about a few different things. I'm just really intense, I'm really passionate, and I love that. And, it, you know, you get to see a silly side, but she wasn't being silly on purpose. She just, it was, you know, she's just really intense at making spaghetti and setting no. things on fire. It was great. This is kind of like you every time you talk about plants. You're not being silly on purpose, but, oh. like, you're just being... <laughs> Now, as we all know, Michael is a botanist at the Harry Potter Wizarding School. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I almost stopped you at botanist because that right there is wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounded more Harry Potter to me. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but plants are magical, yes. Is Michael Longbottom? Okay, never mind. Oh God! Oh, we can't. We can't. <laughs> yes, we is Michael from Thoughts? More like Long what? Dick, but um, yeah. boop, boop. please cut that out. Yeah, please yeah, cut yeah, that yeah. out. I'm pulling my. This collar. is a family-friendly yeah, 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 yeah. Undertale podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. So I, I've I've gone back and forth a lot, of course, um, and it's it's really funny because I was thinking about this question and I was walking my dog and I was just kind of putting the music on shuffle to to kind of jog my memory even more. And I I got to battle against a true hero, and I'm like, that's just that's just so good, and everything about that fight was so cool. And I might say Undyne, but I I gotta, ugh, I gotta do Sans, dude. He's just my guy. He's just my guy, and I know he's been memed to hell, but <laughs> I love him. I love him. I like his like, you know. Uh, the the encounters that you have with him, where he like takes you out to dinner, but makes you pay the check. He's just kind of <laughs> kind of a lazy goofball, and I I love that about him. And also the like all the dialogue for the fight and the the um the lines in between dying, like those are just some of my most memorable moments. So I got to carry that with me. But if I had to pick a different one, I uh, I don't know. It's it's too tough. Dude. I mean, you don't have to pick a different one. I, I think well, Sans this, is a perfectly this, this legitimate option. This document says I have to pick five, and only I have to pick five. <laughs> yeah, so, I think that's. Cool. I think it's a really powerful ensemble cast. Like, I think yeah. they, the the interconnections between these characters is what ties me to so many of them so powerfully. Um, so I think there's not really a bad answer here. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because on the surface, I thought they were all just like caricatures of different character archetypes and you know to some degree they are obviously but once they start interacting and once they uh you know kind of reveal themselves a little bit more it's just it's it's a lot better than what's on the surface um and that's something i really liked i gotta say i I love i love asgore for just the fact that that is like he's built up as this like awful like you know evil king throughout the entire game and then you come up to him and he's just hanging like, out drinking tea in a bed of flowers and like oh hi gonna take your soul now huh he's yeah. just this retired texan howdy yeah <laughs> howdy <laughs> yeah a, a retired uh, texan would have seven cylindrical glasses of human souls in them <laughs> that sounds about right that sounds just about right oh, looking for the so what eight. brings you to houston <laughs> 
my Mount God. Abbott really is good. in Texas. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, okay, real quick, uh, Alex. Yeah. Why don't you like Demi? Whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> I, whoa, I never said I don't like Temi. You're I right, you, you think... did say she was a problem with this game. <laughs> I didn't say she was a problem. I might have said she was a problem. I don't, <laughs> I can't be held accountable for what I said prior to playing the game a second time. That's the rules. Is Temi problematic? Yeah, how how is Temi problematic? Can we cancel Undertale? Um, No, I think I just at least the first time through, I just uh, that that type of humor did not click with me at all, and it didn't click with me the second time through either. But it didn't bother me as much the second time through. It's just just like uh, like random humor. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that like lol holds up spork energy humor, and I know it's like doing that kind of to lampoon that type of humor yeah. in, a, in a way, but it's also like it is still that type of humor, so it's like I get what it's making fun of, but... If Temi was like a character that you interacted with for a whole arc, I would be really annoyed, but because it's like an optional area, and the the joke where you walk up to all of them, and they say they're Tem, and then one of them just says, hi, I'm Bob, it's like that's peak 2000s internet humor, you know what I mean? Like, that's perfect. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Um, so, we've been talking about the characters for a little bit. And I think where I want to go next is I want to talk about how you ended up playing, how you all ended up playing the game, specifically those who were kind of like in the know about what you had to do to achieve certain endings and like the things you knew about the game already and how that affected how you played it and how you perceived it because there's a ton of stuff like like with killing certain things and you can like save and load and like you know flowey will react to different things that you did and there's a lot of things that you can reset the game and have it be reactive to what you did but you kept it on the very straight and narrow did you feel like you were limited in your choices. Do you feel like if you would have played this normally, would you have made the same choices? Like, what's the... Tell me about that. Probably more Michael and Josh question. Yeah. So, uh, one one of the things, and uh, Duncan, you were you were there for this, because I think um, I was playing the Asgore fight at the end, at the end of the true pacifist run, and I was talking to you about this. You know, I, I, I went on... Sorry, let me, let me back up. I knew that I had to do a true pacifist run. Mercy, mm-hmm. everything, all the time. To did get, you just you know. know that because why? I'm just curious. Like, why did you feel like you knew that? Like, you had to do that? Did you just read it somewhere, or did you like just know about it? I. Ah, that's a good question. I don't actually remember how I knew. It must have been like a Wikipedia thing, just like uh, how to do a true pacifist run. Mercy, everything, and then I just shut it out because I didn't want to read anything else right I see. um and but what was i think a hindering to that uh or a hindrance to that is when i got to the asgore fight and i just keep mercying him mercying him nothing's happening i i, I did this you know i think you know he tells you how many times you've time you've died and come back it's like okay okay this is eighth time ninth time does it happen on 10 you know and i remember texting duncan or you know talking to him on discord i'm like i just have to wikipedia this and he's like no some people just won't give up you know you're trying not to to give me the spoiler or anything but i just had to like wikipedia it because i didn't want to ruin the ending for you know the six seven hours that i had invested up to that point you know 
So I think there it was a bit of a hindrance because I knew there was a thing that I had to do, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and the and that's like yeah. that's specifically an issue with the fact that you have to do the neutral route before you can get the true pacifist route. That's that, that's what you're talking about, right? Like you can't. Yes, uh, you you have to have that in the save file, which I do think is like that one is there's there's just no way to know that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there was a little bit of spoiler with that, um, which was a bit of a hindrance. So, you know. But do you think you would have, like, do you think you'd play around a little bit more if you didn't know you're like, okay, there's a very specific way that this game needs to play to achieve, like, a certain ending? If you would have just been, you know, in a vacuum given this game, do you think you would have played around a little bit more? Do you think you would have been frustrated by the end to learn, like, oh, I have to play this all over again. Yeah. See, I think if I played it in a vacuum, I probably would have been doing, you know, some fights, sparing some other things. I probably would have, like, spared more main characters if I could and then just killed everything else. Yeah. Um, because it just kind of makes sense in a video game. Like, oh, here are these players or these NPCs that actually get dialogue. All right, well, let's not kill them because they're important. The other ones aren't. Um, yeah. But the game, you know definitely doesn't go that route so you know uh, i'm still glad i did it the way i did um because i don't think i would have invested you know the 15 hours to play through it twice or however many times True. Um, mm-hmm. but i think there were some definite drawbacks to it yeah for yeah. sure um josh did you feel kind of the same <clears throat> And you yeah, were you I mean, were streaming it too, so you had like a constant influx yeah. of people trying not yeah. to, or maybe not trying not to spoil things. Yeah, <laughs> I remember there was one guy that, that was always like telling you what to do in in one of the one of the times I dropped in. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 there, be cool, man, be cool. No, yeah, I mean, honestly, I appreciated it at the time because that stuff was kind of annoying to me. Like, basically, exactly what Michael was saying. There's certain times when you can't just spare uh, whatever you're fighting in the fight, and I think you know, just learning about. Um, the fact that there is a pacifist run or there is a genocide run, I feel like that's just like synonymous with the game. Like, like just by fact, by like knowing Undertale, you're gonna know that there's different kind of runs. Honestly, yeah. Because I don't remember at what point I learned that oh, there's a pacifist run. I can go through this game without killing, or oh, I can mm-hmm. kill everything in this game to get to different. I have no idea when I learned that. Maybe I watched <laughs> something at some point, but that's like crazy that like it's just like I know that that's a thing. Yeah, it's it just, just permeated through. It's like a virus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh. it's just part of the cultural knowledge about this game, and that's you know, brought to the game's credit, obviously, that like it became so popular that everybody knows about it, even though they have no idea where they heard about it from. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say that kind of stuff was a, a bit annoying, not knowing when I can do different things besides just spare. Like the game definitely needed a, a little bit more uh, pushing, I guess I would say. But also, maybe that's not a bad thing because. You know, in a day and age where <laughs> mass media is only talking about how games are just all about killing and about like making that and how they're making kids stupid, basically, this game really wants you to make decisions. And I could appreciate that a lot. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> this game like might be good for the people. <laughs> is that like weird to say? No. Is that, yeah. Like, I think this game is good for people to play and like try and make their own decisions and like learn the story. I, I, I don't know. I just think that's a good point to make. Like, I, I just kind of thought about that. Um, yeah, but overall, um, I think the game was okay and how it explained and how how it had you play through things. I think that that's that's this is like one of my least favorite and like weakest points when I want someone to play this game is it's like, well, I want you to go through it blind, 
But I also want you to see a lot of the things. So if unless you have like 40 hours, then <laughs> I need you to play it this specific way. And like I hate doing that, um, which is why I advocate for save files. What I really, really would have preferred has been like, okay, play it however you want. And then here's a save file where you didn't kill anything. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's just like that that exact thing. And I think that is majorly to the game's fault because it's not short, but it is not long. But I think that's still a lot to ask. And, you know, once you've heard a joke once, it's not as funny the second time around, you know? Yeah, and I That's think the that... trouble with it. It's 40 hours of extremely repetitive content if you want to see everything. What's with these games that we keep playing? Or like the games that you have us on the podcast, we have to play through multiple times. Yeah, what the heck? Okay, is that a I mean, there's Nier now, and then there's it's this It's been two one. games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's because they're the best games, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. You're right. <laughs> I um, think... Yeah, go ahead. I, I do think I, I agree with you, though, Duncan. I think that, that is to the game's detriment that it is so hard. Like, because, like, I wanted... When I first played the game, I wanted to do a pacifist run. Like, not because I knew that was a thing, because I didn't know anything about the game, but that I knew that, like... It just felt right to you. I didn't... Yeah, I just didn't want to kill people. But then, you know, you run into things like the Undyne fight, where you just have to be running away, and it's like, I didn't know that, so I killed Undyne my first time through the game. I'm pretty oh. sure it was, like, five years ago, but I don't remember any additional content with Undyne, and I didn't know that I had to keep running away. So, like, that's just not a thing that I knew. And, like, I, I think that that makes it hard to get these, like, you know, like, the pacifist ending is, like, I mean, it's the ending. Like, I right. think that is the canonical expected ending for the game, it feels like. Um, so it kind of, you know, like like I had said up top, like, I walked away from this liking the game in 2015, but not loving it because I didn't understand, that, like, what it was supposed to be. Like, I didn't understand everything that it was doing because I didn't see that stuff because, like you said, it's like, oh, that's cool. I could do this again. I don't want to do the whole thing again right now. Um, I, and I think, Josh, like what you were saying, like, it is, like, the game does force you to make decisions, and I think that makes all of the meta-narrative stuff it's doing work, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. around, I think it, it might have even been around 2015 was, like, you know, the idea of ludonarrative dissidence was, like, the hot-button topic that everyone was talking about in games journalism, and, like, oh, like, these games tell you this thing, but then in the gameplay you're doing this thing, and I think um, Undertale does a really good job of keeping that all buttoned up and, and together really well, when it's like, oh, yeah, like, the game is yelling at you for killing things because you didn't have to. Like, you actually did make that choice to kill a thing. It's not like you were thrown into a situation where the only way forward was murder, mm-hmm. right? So I think it yeah. does... You know, it, it works really well in that front, and I think it is, like, good that it is making people make these decisions, but by the same token, like, the majority of players probably never saw a lot of the cool stuff that it does, because it's hard to do that. It's hard to it's hard know to what you're supposed to do. With yeah. This. Yeah, because, I mean, back in, I, I think it's interesting, because back in 2015 and, like, 16, when the game was still extremely popular, but, you know... It was still receiving a lot of blind playthroughs. People didn't know a lot about it. Like, the Judgment Hall scene with Sans at, like, the the end was, like, a big deal for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Because, like, you know, they probably went through and, like, killed a couple things and didn't and learned how to finish some encounters and didn't. Because, again, the game's, I at least I've thought, has been intentionally vague with how to solve certain problems. So, mm-hmm. you're just like, ah, fuck it. I'll just kill this thing. Um, so... You know, when, when Sans goes over, like, oh, you know, all of the these monsters you've killed, experience, you know, levels is love, things like that, etc. Uh, it, it was a lot more impactful, and I think, like, 
now this time around it, it still all works without that but i think the it's cool because it's evolved in a certain way where it's like it's no longer about doing it blind it's about doing like experiencing the whole package um and the story and what happens and all the characters etc so yeah i don't know it, it has both gained and removed uh certain things that were cool about it well i got a quick question for you duncan yeah i creeped on your steam profile and i don't see undertale oh, no. on there oh no no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> <it's> actually, <laughs> I, I i actually so i was with someone at the time and then uh i i got it as a gift for them because i thought that they would like it and then they didn't want to play it and then i played it and then I, it was just like my thing so I, and then i bought the switch version and yeah so i i just don't have it on steam no that's fair i'm just wondering how many hours you think you have into it i'd say probably 12 ish maybe a little bit more because the funny thing is is that going through this blind i only like by word of mouth heard that like oh you can get like a cool genocide route ending if you kill everything but i didn't know you had to like do the uh like the thing where you walk around and then kill things until you get the the message ah yeah like and then Mm -hmm. no one came um so i just went through the entire game and just killed everything and then got the neutral route ending and was very very angry (laughs) (laughs) i almost did that too i mean i even remember reading online about how you had to kill everything yeah and then i just didn't process it when i got to that point and then i almost did it you guys were yelling at me (laughs) (laughs) and you you loaded from a save file so you're pretending like you're like oh yeah i knew i knew i knew (laughs) 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 yeah that was awesome Let's talk, yeah, let's talk about the humor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next segment, guys. (laughs) No, I mean, like, Josh, you said, like, nothing made you laugh out loud. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's really hard for something in a game, especially to make me laugh out loud. I I don't know why that is. I feel like I can laugh at a video much easier. Hmm. That you, like, don't have, like, a soul or something? Uh, no, the humor just was just I'm not just good. I just laugh <laughs> he gave it away at the end of the genocide run. I, it did, nothing like maybe like I love the humor, but it's like it's like <laughs> humor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like blowing <laughs> high air to my nose and stuff huh, in my knees. Humor. humor. Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm familiar with the topic. <laughs> I yeah. love it though. So, uh, what 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 kind of humor do you think it is? Because I have a thought on this. Because I think there's like two different types in this game when it comes to like. Uh, like Papyrus, Undyne, like, you know, those, and like Alphys, a lot of that humor just comes from the the kind of caricature that they are, the, the type of person they are representing, they're over the top, you know, there's that kind of humor. And then you get Sans, and it's not until the end of the genocide run that you realize the type of humor that he has, because he seems like lazy, he seems just a little weird, you know, he, he's got these jokes that kind of fall flat, but are like a little subversive. But what's interesting about that character is that Sans, uh, he has an idea, he, he can kind of sense when the timeline resets, like he doesn't know, but he knows he's trapped in some sort of time loop, mm-hmm. right? Um... And what's interesting about that is that his character is more like nihilistic absurdity. And that's a very different kind of humor than these over the top, uh, like genre of character, you know? And I thought that was really, really interesting because I didn't get that until after seeing the genocide run and going through the Wikipedia and learning that about him. 
Um, so I think that that was fairly smart. And if you play through the game again, and he knows that, like, oh, all this is futile, you know, I'll, I'm just kind of here watching this again and again and again. I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want to make myself entertained because it's only funny to me because nothing else really matters. Yeah. You know, I think that is so interesting um, to have those two types of comedies first displayed right next to each other, but not being able to tell the difference between them. And then at the end, getting that explanation for Sam's. Um, I think it's cool that it recontextualizes his humor, which is yeah. like a weird thing. Like it, a lot of stories will be like, oh, you know, now that you know this thing about the character, it recontextualizes the way the, the, the way they handle situations and things like that. But it's it's very strange to be like, oh, that's why he makes the jokes that he makes. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like that part a lot too. I also think there's hmm. a third type of humor, uh, which oh, yeah. is like the like uh, kind of what Alex had mentioned about the Temi stuff. Like, there's kind of like a internet humor almost in a way. That's the only way I can sort of describe it. Where it's like the doggo and the you know random cat. Yeah, the reference it, culture, right? Yeah, it, yeah, and it's not lost five years later. Like, I no. still found it funny. It is still funny, but it, I think there I think there are a lot of different types of humor in this for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. And that that last type I think is like the widest variation in terms of how it works, right? I think yeah. the 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 character type stuff tends to to work pretty consistently, though I, I didn't find Alphys that funny this playthrough. Um but I think that the rest of the character stuff works really well. I think the um, like all of the sand stuff that you were talking about, Michael, is really interesting. And I, but I think that type of humor is definitely the most hit or miss in the game, right? When it's just like, ah, kind of like referential or like, you know, this is just the design of this entire character is a joke. And like, okay, like this either works or it doesn't. Like I said, I don't think the Temi stuff worked for me terribly well. And there are certain enemies where I was like, yeah, that's okay. But then that's also where you get like, you know, the Sundara plane, which is just fucking hilarious. And that's where yeah. you get like, you know, I acted on this thing and like, you know, this monster flexed so hard he floated off into the sky and that's how I won the <laughs> encounter. And like yeah. shit like that, I think is hilarious. So I think the, you know, it, although it's not consistent, I think that was the like funniest type of humor to me in the entire game and i think when it hits it hits the hardest yeah. and i think that makes sense josh why you're like kind of like not so hot at the beginning of this game because if you don't think that this game is like that funny i think that it's hard to enjoy the beginning of it because yeah. it's almost <laughs> yeah. all jokes um yeah i i think i'm also yeah go ahead i was just say for josh specifically i'm curious did you like do you find that it is harder to enjoy like humor in games on stream i don't know how much you yeah i don't know how well you can like compare and contrast like on and off stream because i don't know how many like funny similar types of funny games you've played but i know that like you know when duncan and i are doing a podcast or stream or recording a video or something like that like yeah it's really easy to to find things humorous but like if it's a type of humor that requires you to interact with the text and like you know meet it halfway sometimes it's a lot harder to like enjoy that type of humor because you're too busy processing yourself trying to be entertaining. Um, yeah, and I, I don't mean, know if that like hit differently at all for you hmm. or if that just is not something you struggle with ever. Honestly, thinking about it right now, I would say maybe I allow myself to laugh a little bit more on stream. Whereas if I were playing by myself, I would just be like, I would just read it. But you are know? you laughing mm -hmm. because you think people want to see you laugh or are you laughing because you're actually enjoying it? See, because that's interesting, Duncan. Because I think mm. I think comedy is like a communal thing, inherently, yeah. right? 
you know, uh, getting in a group of people and watching stand-up comedy or, like, watching a funny movie with people or, like, streaming culture, right? You're laughing with other people, and I think that makes it a lot easier to enjoy comedy or to participate in it. When you're by yourself, it's like, oh, that's witty. I appreciate that. But, you know, someone else is... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But is it different, like... Because you used the, like, the... Um, the example of like getting a group of people together to watch a stand-up comedian, but in the instance that you're streaming a game that is supposed to be funny, you are both an audience member and the stand-up comedian. Yeah, and and that's yeah. kind of like a weird dichotomy to have at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't think the humor. I don't think it really changed too much for me personally. Honestly, like I found myself laughing a little bit more. I actually had a moment streaming where I thought to myself, like, "Wow, I think I'm laughing more than I normally would if I weren't streaming this." Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a bad way. Not in a, like I'm forcing these laughs. It's just it's just what it is. I, and I, streaming it made it better. Honestly, I would say because like people in stream, like in the chat, knew all these inside jokes and they would troll me about it. And I think that just made like <laughs> made it more fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it just made it way more fun. Like especially at the end, like I got trolled hard. Like you guys know about that, but right. Uh, like people in chat saying, do this, do this, do this, and then it ends up getting you killed or something. It, it just makes the whole experience more memorable, honestly, for me. So mm-hmm. I don't think oh. it forced anything. I don't think it you know, ruined the humor in any way. Um, I, right, I, let's, just, uh, I think let, it was good. Let's spend like an hour longer trying to figure out why Josh doesn't think this game is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It's just the humor fell. Like a lot of the humor fell on me. It's like. Yeah. I mean, you like yeah. burger pants, and how I like burger pants a lot. Doesn't burger pants? I like a lot. I'll say that. I say burger pants was funny. Like I want to say burger pants is lines in real life. Yeah, I can't go to hell because I'm all out of <laughs> vacation <laughs> days. <laughs> <laughs> Love that shit. What a um, line! Yeah, what a line indeed. Um, I kind of want to do a weird one. Can we do a weird one? Oh boy. Yeah, sure. Uh, Let's whoever, do a weird one. Whoever wants to go first. I kind of just want to know what you think determination is like in this in the context of the story, but also like the meta, like what it means to you outside of the game too. Like, I just, I'm just kind of curious. Maybe this is a bad question, but I, what? I was thinking about it and I think it's kind of interesting. I think determination in the meta of the game is the power of the soul that the monster or human, whatever, has available to it um i don't know where it comes from i don't know how it gets bigger or smaller over time or Mm -hmm. how individuals have more or less of it but that's what i think it literally means in the concept of the metagame and i thought so in the in the actual like okay you said metagame i'm I'm talking core narrative i think i don't know which which it falls into but if i'm not wrong and i might be wrong Mm -hmm. because this was confusing I thought not even specifically it was the strength of the soul, but it was the strength of the soul to continue existing outside of the body. Yes. Uh, I thought yeah. it was what it was, which is cool because that's also literally your the amount of willpower and determination you have to continue coming back to and playing this game after yes. you are no longer in this game. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's I a, love that. That's a really good <laughs> wow. and also That is crazy. Also... <laughs> It, it's, you know, every time you die and load, you're, you know, seen as using determination, which if you break down the words, it's D-termination. So you're, like, preventing <laughs> your own termination, which is just, like, 
awesome Ooh. because he clearly uses a lot of that wordplay as he goes along like that's interesting level and you know like attack or whatever I, I can't think of the specific instances but like the i i love the idea of like there's a force that is both in the actual game and in the outside of the game to be like your determination is what pushes you forward to like do the genocide route because it's like i need to see everything i can which is the exact same thing that um that flowey went through and it's like you living through it and then you slowly realize that like throughout the you know like the meta or the 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 actual game like the fallen the original fallen child's like soul is mending with yours in some unexplained way but like that's just because of that determination and it's like I think there's a weird thing where it's like what the player is experiencing is coming out through the game and it's very like that's the kind of mystery I'm talking about where I'm like there's just like a thousand ways you could interpret that oh don't they say love is like level of violence or something like that yeah love is level of violence and um oh god what's the other one san says them at the end there yeah experience is something else that i can't remember right now yeah but yeah they they, love that though it's it's (laughs) very cool it's honestly extremely cool yeah um oh execution points that's it Oh yes, execution points. That's a gut. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. I, I mean, I don't. I really had no idea what determination was outside of you know, like it's determination. It's like how much you want to finish the game, how much you want to keep going on and surviving. So hearing all this is definitely changing my mind a little bit. It's not that I didn't <laughs> understand that it was like that there was more to it. It's just yeah, it, it's hard to get all that only playing through the game as much as I did. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and this is, you know, to some extent, this is kind of what we talked about on the, the you know, one of the previous questions here, is like that, you know, it is genuinely difficult to understand all of the, like, weird little things like this that's going on in this game, because you have to, like, you know, play through it a bunch of times, or go and look up the Wikipedia afterwards and be like, oh, 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 and, like, even in the course of this conversation, there have been things that I realized that I, you know, I, I didn't know going into this, like, recording of this episode so there's there's so much going on there like in this instance i think that's to the game's benefit rather than the game's detriment because i think it's just cool to be able to revisit and find more and more every time you do um, but it, it's definitely not something that i think you walk away from understanding in its entirety after one playthrough or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like 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 it's that duncan I, I think that sort of like kind of contextual like meta contextual stuff is is so fascinating and interesting and makes the game feel fresh on continued like you know playthroughs or um, readings and, and things or, like or that. continued explained youtube videos of which there are yes. a million of <laughs> <laughs> continued podcasts five years after the game came out yeah it's you know we talked about so we've talked a decent amount about like the actual narrative moments and some things about the um you know within the game here but let's Let's take a step back and talk about the themes that get presented throughout the game within their endings and, you know, the mechanics being like, you know, fight or spare kind of stuff like that. What kind of themes worked for you or didn't work for you or what? how did you feel about what the game was trying to say versus like the actual events that happened? Do you think like... Does anyone- 
Does anyone else want to jump in? All you, no, man. you jump in. Because I can do it. I can. Yeah, I can. You yeah, I can take. This. I can go. I can go off. Take this and go off, run, dude. boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this, I, I think this is definitely the overall themes of the game and the message it was trying to take away and the way that that's can like given to you throughout the different narrative stroke like strokes of the game right but throughout the different ending i think is probably what changed the most for for me and my interpretation of the game in like 2015 versus now um partially because um i think in 2015 i was like way more of an edgelord and now in 2020 i'm like just fucking i'll take any scrap you want to give me please anything <laughs> um so but i you know i think the the game does a really good job of presenting these characters with these like really bombastic attitudes and and like their journey and like the friendships that are developed along the way right and that's kind of that's a lot of what the game is intending to do is, is express the power of friendship and companionship and how you know with with this determination and like with the you know the the willpower given to you by your friends you can like you know triumph and, and get through everything um and like first off i will just say that hits different in 2020 that hits so much different than it did in 2015 like yeah and i think it's like you know yeah it's a little heavy-handed yeah it's got like a little kingdom hearts type vibes at the end which don't necessarily always work but i think that the overall message of like just continuing to try continuing to do the right thing continuing to like you know lend a helping hand wherever is possible and how that like can overcome any challenge like really 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 made the pacifist run like work for me in a way that it i i would not have expected it to like as you know i i wasn't like you know it, it was not an emotional in like i'm tearing up but it was yeah. an emotional way and like i don't know it's like you know um i felt it in my heart right like my heart felt very full being with all of these characters and overcoming these challenges with them and like even the you know the enemies that you fight along the way, like the, you know, the fighting, you know, Asriel and Flowey and like finding a way to overcome those without killing them is like, it's a really, really powerful message um, that I think actually gets a little muddled and confused when you then include the genocide run. Sure. Um, specifically when you include all of the ways that the genocide run persists after the run is over, right? Because the genocide run is essentially like the game saying, if you are like if you don't have any of this in you like you you know the world ceases to exist right like this the the fabric of the world holding it together is just like love and friendship and otherwise it ceases to exist but then you know it offers you an opportunity to reset everything you did but then even when you've done that your you know save file is literally still marked so that you will never be able to get a truly happy ending again and i think that that's really really cool but also it kind of steps on the toes of the narrative of, like, you can always be a better person by just deciding to do the right thing at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I, I still think it ends up being cooler than it is, like, muddling the, the, the theme of the game. But I think that that particular, like, confluence of the two really does, like, it makes me kind of step back and reevaluate what the pacifist narrative was saying and whether it, like whether the game central thesis is that there is, you know, nothing that you can't overcome to start being a good person again, or whether it's like, oh, there is like a point of no return where it doesn't matter what you do, you will never be a good person. Uh, and I think it's an interesting question that the game poses without actually like posing it on its face too terribly much. Do you I think, don't know. Like, uh, do you think the end theme where like, if you do the genocide run and you lose your soul, is that saying like, 
like it doesn't matter if you have life if you have no soul kind of thing like it doesn't matter if you're living life it's not going to be as good as it is if you have your soul like if you have like if you tarnish it a sense of self or something like that i think i think possibly yeah i think that there's definitely some something there but like the point when you give up the like the soul that you have inside of you like when you physically do that during the genocide run at the very very end is the point when like the world exists again so I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's got a lot of interesting messages and I think the to like I don't know how much uh any of you read about like what that affects after you perform that run um and it I mean the game plays extremely similar but the ending where it's like you know Toriel leaves the pie in your room and then you walk away or she walks out of the room the mm-hmm. if you've you know done the genocide run first um like the character's like i uh like flashes red or something along those lines to just like you know represent to you that you still have that evil or you know she at uh, the 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 car chara or kara or whatever that the the character that you named or the fallen child or whatever is still within you so i don't mm-hmm. even think that that tarnishing means that you can't achieve a happy ending I think it means that you've made a horrible, you've done something so horrible that will never reverse from you, even if you, from that point forward, do the absolute best things. Because, like, it doesn't show, like, that character, like, killing anybody or doing anything awful. It just shows to represent, like, that, the soul of that, that being or that feeling or that idea is still deep within you. And... Mm -hmm. That's oh, fun. that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on, it's... on the country, not on the country of that, but you know, so so Chara or Chara, uh, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna say Chara. Um, yeah, that was the first fallen child. And start to correct me if I'm wrong, because I, you know, I read um, this. I will. Re- <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're you're think... right so far. Hmm. <laughs> So Press's glass is firmly into forehead. Yeah. Leave <laughs> an imprint on those bad boys. <laughs> so, so Chara, um, if you do the genocide run, you know, you learn about Chara and all this, but um, at the end of one of the runs, you know, it, you get the option to erase the world or don't erase the world, right? So you, you do all this stuff, and uh, Chara's clearly like the, the quote-unquote evil one uh, and supposed to be like this irredeemable sort of bad character but what i got out of that is when you click don't erase um she's like hmm uh, what is this i don't understand what is this feeling um and it i think it had uh a resonance with kind of like flowey and how he can mm-hmm. start to feel at the end of it you know or asriel um so even though this was this terrible irredeemable person there's still that uh, kind of flip side that spark of light where she still felt something um, so even that resides within her so it, it's kind of this yin yang sort of thing like yeah you can be good but you'll still have that spark of evil because you made those decisions or you can be evil but still have that spark of good in you and still feel that like hint of love um, yeah and that's that's kind of what I got out of that yeah, I, I think you can easily take that away from 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 that idea. And I think that's why 
I like these endings so much is because it's like it recontextualizes things, but not enough to give you the answer in a way that's like Mm -hmm. the themes can really be of your own mind um, and what you think about it. But the whole thing with like Chara and the and the character that you play or Frisk is like mega confusing. Um, Yes, 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 it is. I feel like I get it pretty well, but it's a it's quite a lot. I I guess. So I agree with with a lot of what we've said there, and I agree it's mega confusing. I'm just I, I'm just curious now how the strictly the pacifist run worked for you. Like disregarding all of the genocide stuff, all of that like weird. Okay, like what's that? Like sure. just how did that ending work for everybody? How did the pacifist ending hit everyone? I mean, I, I just want to say that I thought it was a really good ending. Like having everybody there, having everybody you know, with you and then staying with them, deciding you want to stay with them. I think that all hit really well. I mean, I don't really have too much to say about the themes besides that. I just thought the ending was really good, basically. I thought it was classic (laughs) in a way. Yeah, it was very classic. It was like, let's literally walk off into a sunset. Yeah. Or yeah, is it sunset or sunrise? Either way. Yeah. um, Actually, it is a sunrise. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, no, I think it's, it's extremely classic. It's got very like feel good old RPG vibes where it's like, you know, again, the friends we made along the way stuff and going back and talking to everyone. But I think that it felt really well-deserved. And I think going back, like having to go back and build on some of the relations to get that, you know, true pacifist is Mm -hmm. really a really nice little touch. Um, And some of those I did before, but a lot of them when I made my first run around, I, I didn't know about them. So like having to go back and talking to everyone and like, learning about all this you know the cool determination stuff was good but i think the ending of the true pacifist fight with um with asriel was really confusing to me at first because with all the uh omega flowy or photoshop flowy which is like one of my favorite just songs and fights in general because i think it really pulls all the stops and subverts your expectations but i think Mm -hmm. in contrast to the other final fight it felt much more like fun and goofy in a way that i didn't understand at first where i'm like i i'm the literal description for him is the god of hyper death which is just really (laughs) silly in general but like the song was so positive and I think that they made that final boss fight intentionally, like, kind of positive in a way that was hard to explain where it's like, this is what you came for, and this is what you get at the end, even though it's like a fight. It's I think I got a little lost there. I don't know if anyone felt the same way-ish, or... Specifically with the, the Asriel fight at the very end? Yeah. I... I don't know that I, I would say I got a little, like, I kind of, I think it, it all made enough sense to work, and also I'm kind of just, like, a sucker for that, like, hey, in order to win this fight, you're going to spend time freeing all of your friends, and then they're going to come back and help you, and you're going to get stronger every time they do, like, I'm kind of a sucker for that narrative, I really like it, um, so I I don't know, I don't... I didn't feel confused during it or anything like that. I felt like I understood largely what they were going for, um, and I think it it all worked for me pretty well. Michael, you haven't you haven't weighed in. How did you feel about that uh, whole thing? Well, 
I mean, it, it, it's hard to weigh in because I'm just echoing your ideas at this point because yeah. uh, I loved the flowey fight with the Photoshop flowey fight because mm-hmm. I 100% didn't expect that. I remember actually, you know, it's, it's, it's like how Josh doesn't like laugh out loud when he's playing alone, but I audibly like gasped. I was like, no way, like out loud when I saw that. I'm playing alone in this room. I'm like, uh-uh. And, <laughs> and I loved that. You know, it, it, in a game where I didn't know what to expect anyway, I should have, you know, expected the unexpected. But um, that still just caught me like way off guard. And I loved like the sound effects with it. And I had a really great time with that fight because I just didn't know. I was just flying around by the seat of my pants trying to figure out just what the hell to do next because I was dying every five seconds. And um, yeah. and I and I loved that. And then, you know, it got to the uh, the Azrael Dreamer fight. And, you know, it was all flashy and hyper color and, you know, pretty intense. Um, and, again, I just didn't know where that story was going or, like, where that fight was going to go. Um, and... I didn't remember having anything critical to say about it other than I was just completely blown away by how unexpected it all was and just enjoying it for that because it was novel. I didn't know what was going to happen next. And then, you know, you get to that part at the end where it's just everyone all together Mm -hmm. and it's just nice and it's calm. And you're like, wow, that's a great come down from just this 40 minutes of balls to the wall. What the is going on here um, i think what i'm getting from from a lot of people that that reminds me of what i was saying towards the beginning is like this game is really easily digestible in a satisfying way where it's just like i don't have to think about a lot but i could if i wanted to you know what i mean like i could dissect this a little bit but on its own like what the themes are trying to do and the 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 story beats and stuff like that it's like really easy to just get invested in and spend time with and it doesn't ask a lot of you unless you're doing a really hard fight it doesn't ask a ton of you and i unless you're fighting sand 70 times in a row it does not ask much of you yeah (laughs) and i i kind of love that about it i don't know if that's how you actually feel or well no that's exactly exactly what i what i got uh you know i was like okay flowey was asriel the whole time and that's all I cared about at that point. I did not have to dig deeper than that. It was satisfying enough, and I enjoyed the gameplay at that point. And, um, cool. Yeah. I think um, part of, well, like, when you all were talking there, um, and specifically, Duncan, when you were talking about how the, like, the, the feel-good friendship theme was, like, classic, um, I think part of why it, it ended up working for me more than how it works in a lot of classic stories for me, right? Because, like, this, again, the narrative, like, the the on its face of, like, you and your friends overcome this evil and then you all have a happy ending is not new, right? It's not special in any way. I think part of the reason that it works is, like, just due to the nature of the game, it feels deserved. Like, you did become friends with these people, but you didn't have to. You did save all of these people, but you didn't have to. You did, like decide to do all this extra stuff that you have absolutely no reason to do you can still beat the game anyway um and i think that made the ending feel more like it you know 
Like, like you actually earned it as opposed to it was just the, like, corny ending of a story, right? Like, I wasn't dropped in and said, okay, now you have to go on a date with Papyrus. Like, it's like, no, I chose to do that. I walked back and chose to do that. And if I didn't choose to do that, the game would have continued on perfectly fine. And I never would have known the difference. And I think that, like... That really does make all of the themes hit home quite a bit more. That's than, the kind of stuff that keeps otherwise. you up at night. <laughs> <laughs> what, did I, what did I miss in this game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you missed a lot. Yeah, um, I, which is bad. No, I mean, I, I mean, it's just more to discover. You know what I mean? It's more to read yeah. about. You don't have to play it anymore. But there's a lot more that you can read about and um, oh, yeah. can feel that through. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to just talk about how you felt about literally playing the game. Like, dodging bullets and you know choosing the right dialogue option or like through a boss just enduring you know their barrage of attacks like did you enjoy the bullet hell style was it not really your thing did you find it difficult i think uh, i think all the gameplay stuff was actually really great i think it's amazing like what they did with the style of combat it was because it's very simple, right? Like, I mean, you're just, it's 2D, you're dodging things, it's bullet hell. It's, it's very rhythm gamey. Maybe that's probably why I like it so much because yeah. I really like mm-hmm. rhythm games. Um, Have you ever played a I, bullet I hell game? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, oh, yeah. for a while when I was like browsing the community, like people were talking about the gameplay being like, it's a bullet hell for babies. And I'm like, wow. What a gatekeeping wow. <laughs> loser. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, can't <laughs> believe, real. I can't believe that people would feel that way about this because it's like, it's not meant to be super hard. I mean, one of them is, but not a ton is supposed to be that difficult. And it is yeah. pretty challenging already on its base level. Yeah, uh, some parts were. Like, I had to do the spider fight, you know, 12 times or so to get through it because I'm bad. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you just admitted that on the internet. Yeah, no, we'll cut this part. <laughs> no, actually, I had a hard time with that fight, too. It, I didn't. But yeah. what I liked about the, just the mechanics is like every mini boss fight was something new in yeah. terms of not just like you're dodging. It's like, okay, now there's gravity. Okay, now you don't move, but you block these things. Okay, now you it, the, the entire screen is going down and you have to go up this sort of ladder type thing in like the spider fight. You know, there's always now. something new with it, which I loved because on the surface, of course, it's very simple, but it's clear that the creators got, uh, you know, very creative with what could be just a very limiting boring bullet hell type game right like it's just like oh you're just dodging stuff no no no. now you're jumping now you're doing this now you're doing yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i think i think his the the tools were limited to create it too because it was made in like game maker which is like uh you know it's it's like a uh, it's a game creator that has like not a ton of limited set of tools but it's definitely more limited than your modern like you know unities or unreals and stuff like that so i think mm-hmm. all that stuff's impressive too but I, I i feel a lot of the same way um where i just i like the ever-changing uh bits about it and it feels like they kept it contained to you know a small white box with a heart and you have to dodge white things yeah i i it's it's really interesting i think the um you know the act mechanic where you're finding ways to spare people is not like you know it's not fun because you're literally just choosing options but it, it's like still engaging because it's funny it's a lot more fun than just hitting the attack button over and over again like you would in like a lot of rpgs normally yeah uh, and i think that like you like you all said the dodging mechanics a lot of fun you can really track my enjoyment of this game in terms of like the gameplay is like a 
really like a straight line upwards until like the 13th time I fought Sans, and then it tanks back down to like negative 150. Um, oh, dude, I loved that. It's because I think it's a lot because you did, you had limited time to do such thing. Like, yeah, it's partially that, and partially I get frustrated at things like that, and also partially because I don't want to hear the dumb skeleton laugh at me again. I just can't take it. I just can't handle it. <laughs> Boy plays da- all the Dark Souls games. He's like, oh, I, don't I like get, get very mad at those two. <laughs> okay, I will say on air, I think Sans is harder than 95% of every Dark Souls boss I've ever fought. Jeez, like, all right. It's, it's a really, really, really hard fight. That fight probably took me like seven hours. Maybe not. Maybe like five hours. Wow. 24 tries. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it took for me. <laughs> Straight flexing. That's still a lot, though. That's still like three hours or two hours or something. Yeah, I mean, it, the tries are not like 20 seconds each. Some of them are, but most of them are not like 20 seconds each. So it's, you know, it's it's good. I, I, the, I We didn't mention this at any point, which I'm now realizing feels like a mistake to have not mentioned. But like even in the combat, like Undertale is such a deconstruction of this type of game. Um, like it, it just really takes all of the tropes and turns them on its head and kind of like explores where they fail and where they're interesting. Right. And I think it does that with the combat really well and the, the ways that it keeps it fresh and the ways that it, you know, changes, uh, like combines this bullet hell and RPG mechanic in ways that you're, you're not typically expecting. Um, obviously, you know, I, I, in terms of the actual gameplay for like the genocide route, you're like literally the like number one thing that people associate with like RPGs and JRPGs and like this type of thing is like, oh, when you're behind, you just grind out kills until you're a higher level and you can do things. And like that is the entire theme of the genocide run is like, yeah, do you realize you're actually killing things though, right? You're like committing murder. <laughs> um, and I think like that sort of deconstructionist thing works really, really well and is really interesting. And, and, and how they filter that into the gameplay on top of the narrative is, is really cool. Yeah. Um, Two things to to add on to that is Deltarune, which is the like un not sequel of this game, has I think nailed the com like the I think the act wheel is like you had mentioned is kind of like not super thrilling of like just picking ones and be like, Will this work? Will this work? I, I don't yeah. really know until I, I look to the act one, but the um the uh, Deltarune does things a little bit differently, and they also have a lot of cool things with, like, magic for healing, and they have three party members, and they they really, I think they did a really good job in that one, too. I know we're not talking about that game, but I'm really excited to see. We already did That's talk the next about episode. that game. We did. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think they did a, a much better job of it, so I can see kind of, like, this genre or, like, his games possibly evolving into and more stuff like that but what's with the option to flirt all the time why is this little <laughs> child flirting with all these monsters i'm so confused i've never understood why flirt was an option so much hey man why not you know i guess uh, lots of reasons alex but uh yeah, let's move look, on. they're monsters they're monsters we don't know how old the monsters are <laughs> there's a really weird thing where if you're on the phone and you call toriel you can be like you can get her uh, you can say something where she's like, oh, like, if you 
want to call me mom i guess that's okay and she's kind of mm-hmm. weirded out by it and then you immediately flirt after <laughs> and it's like no. this is weird and wrong and i don't like this and i'm sure there's someone who likes this a lot um and there's like a unique dialogue after that where she's like oh you're a silly child <laughs> yep <laughs> a very silly child <laughs> and uh yeah i don't i don't know about those themes but it, i mean also <laughs> while we're fun. here what the fuck is the combat option? What are you doing there? What is the thing that you are hitting the middle of? Because I can't tell if it's a fucking bandage or if it's a canoe or what the <laughs> or hell it, the it is that you're Sauron? looking at. <laughs> I have no idea. Every single time I I looked at it and was like, I don't know, I don't know what this is, man. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> this is the kind of AVGN shit I want to get out there. Let's. let's yeah, I was it. not thinking about that at all. I do have to say, yeah, I was just like, oh, there's accuracy. Just hit it. Yep. I mean, yeah, but it, it was like color. It had ends. It was an object. I just don't know what it was. <laughs> and like, what? What's with when you hide behind the conveniently shaped lamp? <laughs> Why can't he see you? He should be able to see you. <clears throat> <sighs> Now, that is true. I'm he should not- be able to see you. He's in the 3D space. We're in the 2D space. <laughs> uh, not necessarily, because that's the game Look, world. Uh, Flowey is... Uh, <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just confused. <laughs> he just walked himself off stage with that one. Yep. <laughs> oh, he just rambled and walked off the stage. Um, You know what? You know what we haven't talked about at all? What? Ba-na-na-da, the music. Oh, God. oh man. <laughs> we haven't talked the about music. the music at all. The music. The one, the only, the music. Are we? Yeah, I was, yeah are we talking capital T, the music, or lowercase t, the music? Kind of both. Kind of both. Okay. I feel like I want to ask as a sp- shorter question, after hearing Megalovania a thousand times on your own, how did it hit <laughs> differently when you walked into the fight? I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, I'd say it hit different only in the way of like making it feel more intense uh, because it kind of went with, I mean, of course it went with what was going on. So it just got me in the mood more. Yeah. It, it went away from being like a meme song to like uh, a hype up battle song. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was, it was yeah. emotionally charged. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, I actually thought uh, that song would be at the end of the true pacifist run because I had no idea that it was the sans fight. Um, so I got to the end on the run and I'm like, well, where the fuck is the music? Like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't invest seven hours into this to hear this shit. What the fuck? <laughs> I wanted to hear the song. meme. I gotta do this again. <laughs> fuck. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I think there. It's funny because like certain parts of the song hit differently for me. Like, because I, I also heard it before, before everything, and like even mm-hmm. when we talked about it, I'm like. Man, I love that that spook. I call it the spooky chorus. I love that part where it's like the <laughs> the the like lower droning, like slower part, and that part just like just kind of re resonates with me of being like, you know, existing timeline after timeline and seeing like everything happen over and over again. Unless anyone else had anything to say about that, what was your like? What were some of your favorite songs outside of that one? And was there any particular reason you liked them, or just you know? Well, my my top two, I think, would be um, I love the spider music. It's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit faster. I like that a lot. 
And then I, and then I think the other song that I love from this that's not Megalovania is uh, Undyne the Undying. Like yeah. that sweet, she's the heroine, you know. Um, she She's beating you because you're the villain and just, you know, everything that I had already loved about this character, like you kill her and then she's like, no, 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 I'm staying determined. And then it's this fight music. And I loved, loved, loved that song. Uh, because again, it was very emotionally charged. extremely good uh, also like i was surprised i really liked all of the music in the waterfall area like all of the kind of ambient walking around mm. music it was mm-hmm. so good I did not remember liking that music that much, but I that was some of my favorite tracks the second time around. What about that sweet piano for this for the rainy statue one? Oh, that's so She's good. Oh, oh, that song is so nice. Mm-hmm. That like little music box thing. Uh-huh. Oh, that yeah. one kills me. Yeah, it's it's really good. Did anyone not share before I ramble on for a little bit? <laughs> Josh, would you Josh, like? Josh, do you have anything? Uh, I mean, I just I mean I liked most of the music. I I can't really pick a few songs out specifically. I think. Uh, Wait, did you have the sound out? One. <laughs> I had the sound on. I did have the sound no, on, unlike watching. you. He did have the sound on. <laughs> oh. uh, what's that? It doesn't it like change up to like a more triumphant song at the end of some fights. I think it. I think it might be called like hopes and dreams or something like that. I, yeah. I mean, and I, I still like Megalovania. I mean, I like Bone Trussle a lot. I just like the hype-up songs. It's all good, man. All the yeah. music in this game is, is very good. All the, like, creepy slow-down tracks during the genocide route mm. make it, like, give it a totally different tone. It's also mm. good. Yeah, when you actually finally kill all of the monsters in a zone, and then it's just this flat kind of dark, this thump, like this thumping that yeah. kind of goes throughout the background. Such cool sound direction. Nice mm-hmm. little, mm-hmm. Nice little hit. Um... I like I I obviously love all the music. I think it's why I continue to come back to this game and think about it is because I just like booting up the soundtrack and you know listening to a couple of these. I think some of the uh ones that you probably haven't mentioned that I that I really really favor is I love the song that's just called Undertale, which is the the like slow guitar one as you're walking through um leading up to Asgore where all the monsters are telling you about like the story of the fallen child and stuff like that that song like that song gets me every time I, I that one's a huge emotional uh, pull for me I really like that one um I also have something interesting to about this music that I love with the boss fights is I think if you kind of listen to them from like in order of like 
the uh, the first one you fight to the last one you fight, and then you reverse it and synchronize it with Dark Side of the Moon. It's it kind of syncs up. Oh my god! <laughs> no, <I'm> just, uh, <laughs> oh no! Wow, I fell right for that. Good god lord! I thought it. there was gonna be something interesting. <laughs> no, I, you just I fucking memeing on us. I do have something interesting though. But I think if you go from you know the boss order from start to finish the like instrumental choice of like what instruments they use are like the i don't want to say technology but like the complexity of the instruments heightens as the more powerful uh bosses you fight like um for example like bone trousel is like you know very beepy boppy and boopy and like you know you get what i mean it's yeah. very uh, uh snazzy or old stuff uh yeah kind of like chiptune yeah chiptune thank you i was looking for that word whereas like hopes and dreams uses like a ton of midi instruments and like uh your best nightmare which is the the photoshop flowy one is very like it's it it's got a lot of layers like the farther you get and the more stuff you fight like the the deeper you get in the game like the more complex the music gets and i really really love that and i also really like how he will use um, a lot of the same songs and tracks within other ones, like your best friend, the the like flowy one. It's like you know that one. You all know that pop, right? <laughs> so cool to just like sing it on the podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna of put it on it there. I put it in there. <laughs> you know which one it is, though. Um, it it comes back like almost everywhere going forward anytime that like anything that involves Azriel or flowey and it's like i think it unintentionally works for you and like reminds you of that that character because you've heard that song before at least for me and i think that's a really cool thing to do is like copying and pasting over things from one song to another that has things to do with that character <laughs> Yeah, I think that that sort of stuff is really, really cool and also not something that I ever consciously realize when I'm going through yeah, a game initially. Now, I'm just going through like listening to some of these tracks a little bit to try and remember everything. And yeah, it's like all hitting me again. You know, like, like the dating music, like, man, it's like this groovy tune for when you're dating. I'm, it's It all hits really good. It's all like really memorable and brings you right back to the moment so i think the uh, soundtrack alone is something people should just listen to honestly yeah Burgundy? i get the uh, i get oh, yeah. the dog theme in my head uh frequently the dog i don't remember the dog awful <laughs> it's That's not a good one to have stuck in your head please play that right over i no i'm not gonna add another song in i will do it pitch okay no i remember i remember i got i've got perfect pitch obviously yep 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 just a bunch of dogs barking jeez louise what else is there? I don't know. Did we did we, we do it? Did we Undertale? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think any more would be overdoing it. Probably yeah. two um, more Undertale converts. Yeah, thank you. I I genuinely like. I have to do this, dude. I'm sorry. I have to do this. Genuinely, like as uh, all three of you as my friends, thank you for playing this game. I appreciate it a lot. I know you all enjoyed it, but like. It is it is nice to have other people understand or like know about my favorite game. It's very nice and it's it's a good one. And I'm happy everyone at least enjoyed it in different ways or, you know, that that you got to experience it. So thank you all for both 
coming here to discuss this podcast, but also just like as my friends playing it. I really appreciate it. I don't know if I would have played it without you, honestly. So, I mean, I appreciate that you uh, went so hard on telling us to play this game. (laughs) Honestly, because it is such a good game. No, yeah, it's, it is, I'm extremely glad we did. Even as somebody who already played it, I'm extremely glad we all got to revisit it and and could could share the experience and, and talk through it in like a, you know, a, a frank and serious way on this podcast, you know. Yeah, it's how we get to be closer as friends, you know. And it, 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 I love being able to to grow towards common interests and really get to learn more about a person through just this shared experience, right? So through the power of friendship, we recorded this this podcast yes. and we finished it. Um, Let's be extremely clear. The memeing where we randomly play Megalovania at times where it makes no sense will continue without pause. <laughs> that has not changed. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely will. There are so many other like secrets and stuff like that I could ramble about for hours and hours, but I'm not. I, we, we can't do that. So I'm yeah. going to end it here. So thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. Again, our guests the the and i have to do it by how many appearances you've had so i'm very sorry michael <laughs> but the beautiful josh uh who has a twitch channel tell us yep. about that so channel. i have been playing games for the podcast here or there i've been playing through the soul reaver series an old well it started on ps1 for me um but yeah the twitch channel is twitch.tv slash slash joko games go check out the clips that he has and go watch the vod of him fighting sans the first time when we convince him to spare sans i should probably clip that out it's top tier top tier content (laughs) you should clip that because i was in tears laughing yeah i i we were we were talking in, in discord while that was happening and it was a ton of fun as an actual like i really genuinely do like turning tuning into your your stream whenever you're playing it's just it's a nice channel. I like how yeah. small <laughs> it is. I like how you oh, no. oh my God. No, I, I, I like, like that I'm the only person in the room at most of the times. And no, I mean, he's not wrong. Jesus. People. No, I no. Like that, I, when I come in, we there's always talk. other people there, and I love that. Yeah, you got yeah, a good it's, little it's core got follow. really good vibe. That. I love yeah, the vibe. It has got an incredibly good vibe. And I, I really liked. No, I don't think anyone else really popped in too long for the the. What was that one game where you're walking around with the? Uh, that was East Shade, and I want to play that a little bit more. I, I watched yeah. that one a little bit more too. I actually really appreciated that one because I was not having a good day, and you were just like no jokes. You were like. Well, this mountain over here is. <laughs> <kinda> nice. <laughs> like, this is great. I'm yeah, really I was kind of going for asthma vibes yes. for sure. <laughs> I loved it. It worked. Um, and then, as always, the botanist, Michael, <laughs> the beautiful uh, oh, botanist. You want to? You want to just tell oh. us? Tell us your favorite plant fact. Tell us a plant you want to plug. Oh God, that's that so many sounds, different things to do. Oh, oh this that is sensory last one overload. sounds weird. <laughs> Uh, I usually have plant facts. Okay, 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 okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. Make us all smarter and better people right now. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Here we go. So, some plants have spiky bits on them, but not all spiky bits are the same. You look at a cactus, those are spines. Spines, evolutionary, are modified leaves. Back in the day, they used to be uh, leaves, and then they kind of curled up and got sharp over time. Then you got thorns. Thorns are on trees and bushes and shit. Thorns used to be branches that got smaller and pointier over time. Modified branches. And then roses, those have prickles. Those come from the 
They come from the epidermis, they come from skin tissue, those are protrusions from the skin, so they all come from different places. Roses have prickles, th uh, some other shit has thorns, some the cacti have spines. Boom. Plant facts. Wow. Let me just say right now, A, very good, I'm proud of you, and B, there is a song that I don't remember who um, sings it, but I do know that the chorus goes, the rose and the thistle, yeah, they both have thorns, and you just put that band on yeah. fucking blast, because <laughs> they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, get about. good scrubs. <laughs> beautiful. That was beautiful plant facts. That was the plant Thank corner. Um, <laughs> so, for us, the Facebook, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> We've eliminated it. This is not true. We've reset it the exists. timeline. No, no you've replaced we've reset it. The replaced it, it with Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter. The Twitter. At Thoughts from P1. That's where you can get all the news. Check the description for that, as well as our Discord channel, which is just popping off right now. It's just, it's going. We're having conversations. We're, uh, we're discussing an episode that we deleted. It's real good. It's a good time. Um, so, yeah, check that out. And if you want to email us, suggest us a game at uh, thoughtsfromplayer1, all spelt out, at gmail.com. And uh, that's that's about it. Alex, do you have a greeting card about friendship? There has to be one. Let me let me just say right now, I was like, I'm going to look up some Undertale-based greeting oh, cards. No. And A, it's a lot of Sansa Skeleton. And B, they're very oh. sexual. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. A lot of Sans winking saying, you have a skeleton inside you. Do you want another? And I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, can I say while you're looking for a greeting card, we did not talk about a lot of the community stuff with like how some people are very into this and very you know like to make alternative universes and um sexualize some of the characters and i we just wanted to avoid that i think it's just better not to talk about that if you want us to talk about that maybe i'll uh, I'll, I'll write something about it but I, I just don't want to get into it i just don't think it's worth it and i think it's been talked about enough yeah you can you know you can kind of get your own handle on it by just jumping in there um i i did want to say that i i my feelings on it definitely softened a little bit but there's just there's so much there and we would be dipping our toes into something the three of us just don't have enough history with to talk about at all you know look let's just do a nice please sappy one okay please. all right in honor of this being a very sappy episode here's a good one about friendship it's It's got a lot of squirrels on it. I don't really get the squirrels, but we're just going to roll with the squirrel theme. Yeah. It says, everyone needs a BFF in this WTF world. So glad you're mine. Uh, though, honestly, I want to amend that to say everyone needs a BFF in this WTF world. So glad I have three. <laughs> Anyone who's not in this call means nothing to me. Nothing to me. So I want to say from 